Well, hey, my name is Lee Benton. I'm one of the student pastors here at Reston Bible Church. And uh, over the past month of January uh, in 2024, we've been going through a series in senior high called The Church. And the final uh, part of that series was talking about spiritual gifts. And I said uh, in that service with the, with the senior high students that uh, I wasn't going to talk about the gifts called the, the miracle gifts, but we we're going to do a little separate video for that to talk about the miracle gifts and what's going on with those. So that's what this video is all about. And uh, just want to review a couple things so we're, we're on the same page. The definition by Gene Wilkes in Jesus on Leadership, the definition of spiritual gifts by Gene Wilkes was an expression of the Holy Spirit in the lives of believers that empowers them to serve the mission of God as the body of Christ, which is the church. So spiritual gifts are always meant to build up the body of Christ. They're never meant for our own glorification or ourselves. They're always meant for the church, the body of Christ. Now remember that Spiritual gifts are given to those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ as the only one who, due to their sin, can save them from eternity in hell and bring them back into relationship with God. Uh, so those kind of foundational, what's the spiritual gift all about, given by the Holy Spirit, only to those that are followers of Jesus, happens at the moment of salvation. So we looked at really in scripture, there's four places that the spiritual gifts are talking about, that are, ta are talked about. Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4, 1 Corinthians 12, and Romans 12. Uh, always remember, you can always remember where spiritual gifts talked about. It's 4 and 12. 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, 1 Peter 4, and Ephesians 4. You can always remember that. So the gifts that I read about, that I, that I mentioned as we read through the scriptures, that are the miracle gifts are often referred to as kind of the miracle, the miracle gifts, the miraculous gifts, and that there's debate over as to whether they continue or they ceased are the miracle gifts that are in 1 Corinthians 12 verses 9 through 10. I'll read those right now. To another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by one spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, even more debate over prophecy. I'll talk about that for a minute. To another, the ability to distinguish spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. So let me give you a quick definition of these miracle gifts so we know what we're talking about. Healing is the ability to restore health and also to hold off death itself temporarily. Acts 3, Verse 7, Acts 19, 12. I'm not going to read all these because I'm going to refer to a lot of different verses tonight, but you can go back. You can look those up. Also, Acts 9, 40 and Acts 29 through 10 talk about healing. Miraculous power may refer to the exercising of demons as in Acts 19, 12 or inducing physical disability like Acts 3, 13, 11. Uh, tongues refers to the ability to speak an unlearned living language as in Acts chapter 2 at Pentecost also talked about in 1 Corinthians 13. Interpretation of the tongues was the ability to translate the unlearned known language expressed in the assembly. This is talked about in 1 Corinthians 14, 27. So with the possible exception of faith, and this is taken from the Bible knowledge commentary, uh, with the possible exception of faith, all these gifts seem to have been confirmatory and foundational gifts for the establishment of the church. And, and this, and the Bible Knowledge Commentary says, and therefore they were temporary. So I can tell you, in, in the Christendom world, in the church world throughout many generations, there has been a debate over whether these miracle gifts continued after the apostolic age, which is the age of the apostles, which is right after Jesus' 
uh, resurrection from his death, whether they ceased or they continued. And that's a little bit of what we're going to talk about today. So one of the gifts I told you was even more debate over is the gift of prophecy. The question is, is it a miracle gift? Some would say that it is a miracle gift in the sense that it's someone that can uh, speak from God and it is something of foretelling of the future as the Old Testament prophets did. Also though, the word prophecy can be translated speaking forth. So it could mean a prophecy where someone's just declaring something from the word of God. They have a spiritual gift where a special ability to bring a word from God's word to people, but it's not necessarily prophecy and that it's not necessary for telling the future or it's not some authoritative word of God. And so where that becomes debated is because some people would say, well, the gift of prophecy should be closed because it was only used to confirm the Old and New Testament. And we know that those are closed. So that's where people would say that it is maybe a miraculous gift and others would say that it isn't. So I will tell you today, I'm not here to solve and give you every answer to these. I want to present you uh, both sides, both the, we call it the cessation that the gifts have ceased or continuation. The continuous theory is that they, they continue on. I want to give you both sides and I want you to have to think through and decide what does God's word say. So the main point of theological debate is that the end of the apostolic age brought about the cessation of miracles associated with that age. The apostolic age was the time after Jesus ascended to heaven after his resurrection when the apostles, now the original 12 disciples, or now the original 11, since Judas is no longer with them, they do add uh, Matthias, uh, so 12 now, were on earth and they were the foundation of the church's beginning. So just like Jesus did miracles to authenticate that he was God, uh, the apostles were able to perform miracles to authenticate the gospel message of Jesus that he is alive, that he was alive, that he died on the cross, and that he resurrected, uh, and they were declaring that. So let's jump in to those two views. First view, the cessationist view. Uh, this view holds that the miracle gifts have ceased. Now it's important to note that those that would hold to the cessationist view would believe that the miracle gifts that have ceased, they don't believe that God has stopped doing miracles. They just believe that those specific spiritual gifts of healing, tongues, and prophecy have ceased when the apostolic age ended. So uh, why do they believe that the miracle gifts have ceased? Well, because after Jesus' resurrection, as the church was being established and the New Testament was being written, letters by Paul, letters by Peter, and Luke, uh, these apostles demonstrated the signs or the miracles such as tongues and the power to heal because it authenticated that what these men were saying was true and it was from God. They were miraculous. They were extraordinary. They were not from the ordinary. They were from God. So it was authenticating that. Um, so the cessationist view holds the miracle gifts have ceased because a few things. I'm going to go through a few things. One is the apostle Paul predicted the gifts of tongues would cease in 1 Corinthians 13.8. Now I want you to understand there's debate over the interpretation of these. So I'm presenting the view to you. 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says, Love never ends. As for prophecy, they'll pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. So Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 13, 9 through 10, he says, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. Those that hold to the cessationist view would say that, that word perfect would be the completion of the New Testament. So therefore, 
when the perfect came, which is the complete New Testament along with the Old Testament, no longer are those miracle gifts needed to authenticate it because we have all we need in the New Testament and the Old Testament together and the completion of those two. So they would say, the cessation would say that the gift of tongues were for a unique time in church history for the apostles, again, to authenticate the message of the gospel and that they were truly apostles of God. Once their ministry was finished, the gift of tongues was no longer needed. The cessationist view would say that the miracle gifts, uh, one of the reasons that they would give for them being ceased is that they are noted, the miracle gifts are noted in Paul's earlier letter, which is in is 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 12, the, the letter, the first letter to the Corinthians is one of his earlier dated letters. But Paul does not mention them in his letter to Romans, uh, to the Romans or to those in Ephesus in the, in the letter to, of the Ephesians. So, Paul, uh, he, does, he does mention prophecy, but again, that's a debated one in Romans. But he doesn't mention it in both any of the other miracle gifts in Romans or Ephesians, although they, he does note it in 1 Corinthians 12. So people that would believe that the miracle gifts have ceased would say, well, why does, why does Paul mention it in 1 Corinthians 12, but he doesn't mention it in these later? So they would use that as evidence and reasons for the, gifts, the miracle gifts ceasing. Uh, next, the uh, ceasing of the miracle gifts is that Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 12 that the gift of tongues was specifically meant to help Israel believe the message of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 14, 21 through 22 says this, In the law it is written, By people of strained tongues and by the lips of foreigners will I speak to this people, and even then they will not listen to me, says the Lord. Thus, tongues are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers, while prophecy is a sign not for unbelievers, but for believers. Paul is referring back to an Old Testament passage in the book of Isaiah, chapter 20, verse 11, where uh, Isaiah says, For by people of strange lips and with a foreign tongue, the Lord will speak to this people. So uh, the, those that hold to the, gifts, the miracle gift ceasing, specifically in this one, the gift of tongues, would say that Paul is saying, hey, this, this was for unbelievers, not for believers, that the Jewish people would come to know. And now that we have the New Testament, now that Jesus has risen and gone back, we don't really have much of a need for the tongues anymore. So therefore, that would be a reason that they've ceased. Another reason they believe that the uh, miracle gifts have ceased is Paul also says in 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 3, that the gift of prophecy, which is speaking a word from God, from his word, so not foretelling the future in the cessationist view, is more profitable than the gift of tongues because the gift of prophecy is meant to build up and encourage and to comfort those who hear it because prophecy comes from God's word. Look at what 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 3 says. It says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For the one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. So Paul in here, again, for those that would hold to the uh, view that the gifts, the miracle gifts have ceased, would say that Paul is saying, hey, this speaking in tongues is really not, it's not the best. The best is, is prophecy, not as a miracle, but as bringing a word from God to people. Because when people speak in tongues, people don't necessarily know what that means. So it's really not meant for building others up, but the gift of prophecy is. Moving on to the next point. Those that hold that the gifts, the miracle gifts have ceased would say that history indicates that the gift of tongues has ceased. They would say that the early church fathers, like Augustine, believed that tongues were for establishing the church 
and the church age, but they didn't continue. And then lastly, some who hold to the miracle gift ceasing, specifically tongues, would argue that if the gift of tongues continued, why don't missionaries, why do missionaries need to learn other languages? Why can't they just go and God miraculously gives them the gift of tongues to be able to speak other people's language and to declare the gospel? Uh, we also, in regards to kind of this same idea, we look at uh, in regards to the gift of healing, it appears that Paul in Acts chapter 20 healed Eutychus. But then we find in Philippians 2 that Paul didn't heal Epaphroditus. He just said that he was sick. In 2 Timothy 4.20, uh, it says that Trophimus was sick, but he wasn't healed. In Timothy, it says that he was ill, 1 Timothy 5.23. Paul notes each of these verses that they're sick, but it does not tell us that he healed them. So therefore, those that hold that the miracle gifts cease would reason that the gift of healing was not to necessarily heal all Christians, but to authenticate their apostleship, and in turn, the gospel message Paul and the other apostles were declaring. So to... Uh, to sum up things here, I want to read you two verses that those that hold to the uh, ceasing of the miracle gifts would say are somewhat of a foundation. First, Hebrews 2, 3-5 says, How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will, for it was not angels that God subjected to the world to come, of which we are speaking. So it's saying that it was by the Lord and by those who saw the Lord, therefore the apostles, that it was by the signs and wonders and various miracles that they attested that they were truly apostles and therefore God's, uh, the gospel was true. And then Ephesians 19, 2, 19 through 22 says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. This is important. The, uh, Paul is referring to this idea of really building a house. He's using the image of building a house to talk about the household of God. And so he says this, continuing Ephesians 2, verse 20. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone. So Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. Any house needs to be plumb. The corner where you start needs to be plumb, perfectly level, and everything builds off that. So Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. He is that which the household of God is built off with. And then it's saying the foundation is the apostles and the prophets. Continuing in verse 21. In whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. So those that say that the gifts have ceased would say that the foundation was the apostles and the prophets. We no longer need these miraculous gifts because the foundation has already been built. So a few points to close. The cessationist view does not have an explicit verse that says the miracle gifts have ceased, but the cessationist view takes a look at multiple pieces of scripture to come to this conclusion. Let's go on to uh, the second view, which is the continuationist view, which is that the uh, gifts continued, the miraculous gifts has continued on. So the view, this view of the miracle gifts believes they still continue today along with all the other spiritual gifts. So let's dig into this. Now, the main biblical point of the continuationist view is that there is no explicit scriptural evidence that the miraculous gifts have ceased or are no longer in operation. 
There's, they would say Paul never comes out. The basis of all they would say for the continuation is that the, the miracle gifts continue. They would say that Paul never comes out and says that these have ceased. Peter never comes out and says that they have ceased. No one says in scripture that they have ceased. That would be the main foundation for those that believe that the miracle gifts continue. The continuationists, what they're, what I'm going to help you do here for the continuationists is hit some of the main points that the, give you the counter arguments or the counterpoints to what the cessationists said as what the continuous. What, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to give you the counter arguments that the continuous would give to the sensationist, uh, their points. So the continuous would say in 1 Corinthians 13, 20, that the perfect that it's referring to is referring to the second coming of Jesus Christ and therefore in heaven. So due to this verse, due, due to verse 12, verse, 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. So at this point, there will at this point there would be no need for spiritual gifts because believers will soon be in heaven in the presence of the Father and in the presence of the Holy Spirit. So they say in this perfect does not refer to the closing of the New Testament. They would say that, uh, as they interpret this verse, that that perfect is being fully known by Jesus, being in heaven with him. So therefore, uh, the spiritual gifts, if it's not the closing of the New Testament, it's being in Jesus that the spiritual gifts would continue. The cessationists view uh, the miracle gifts, that the miracle, miracle gifts were to authenticate the apostles as truly apostles and sent by God to, the, to declare the gospel. The continu- continuationist view would look at the accounts in the Bible of non-apostles performing miracles and healings. So they would look at people like Stephen in Acts 6-8. It says that he did great signs and wonders. They would look at Philip in Acts 8, 6-8 and say that he did signs and wonders. And they would say, these aren't, these aren't apostles. So to say that the gifts have ceased because they're only for the apostles, well, why do we have in the Bible these accounts of other uh, non-apostles doing them? Now, uh, you, you, you might ask, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. So the gift of tongues and prophecy, the, the continuationists would say that the gift of tongues and prophecy were widespread among many who had the Holy Spirit. So they would say that the, the gift of tongues wasn't just for the apostles, that it was for many. We read that in scripture. I'm going to give you some verses. Acts 10, 46, talking about tongues. Acts 19, 6. 1 Corinthians 14.5 talks about prophecy in, in the church in Corinth. So this, this gift of prophecy and of tongues, it wasn't just for the apostles as we read in Scripture, that it, was, uh, that it was for all. So if the gifts of prophecy, tongues, and miracles were just for the apostles to authenticate them, then why is there accounts of others having these gifts and performing them? Possibly the 12 apostles were given extraordinary amount of power to manifest tongues, healings, and miracles. If you look at Luke 9, 1, it says that Jesus was going to give them this power. So therefore, this would mean the miracle gifts are still active today for all believers as the Spirit wills to give. That the apostles, yes, they receive an extra amount of this power to authenticate that they were apostles and to authenticate the gospel. And yet that doesn't mean that these gifts aren't for today anymore, that they're still there. Just maybe not in the same level that the apostles had. I want to give you two things from gotquestions.org. Gotquestions.org is a great website to have things kind of given you succinctly. And so I want to read these for you. 
Uh, it says that cessationists cite examples of such of some continuationists who have equated their personal revelation with scripture. So saying as they got prophecy from God that somehow it is on par with scripture. However, the majority of continuationists agree with cessationists that no further revelations given to human beings will ever be on par with the completed canon of scripture. However, continuationists see nothing in scripture that indicates that the relational God who gave us scripture is no longer communicating with his people. The gift of prophecy can involve speaking forth the truth of God's word, but it can also include supernatural revelation that God gives his servants to impact others in a profound way. So what they're saying there is, God still speaks to people. I would agree with that. As he speaks to people, it doesn't mean that they, um, it doesn't mean that it's on par with scripture. It just means that he's using now his word to speak to us as we bring that to other people. For me as a pastor, I mean, Sundays I teach, Bible studies I lead, I'm taking God's word bringing it to people. That's what the continuationist would say uh, for the gift of prophecy. One more thing from gotquestions.org is that in response to continuationists, uh, continuationists agree that some of what is purported to be spirit-inspired, like tongues, like miracles, is nothing more than emotion-fueled sensationalism. Satan and fallen human beings have always counterfeited miracle works of God and still do. However, the presence of the counterfeit does not negate the authentic. In Acts 16, 16, Paul and Silas were pestered by a demon-possessed girl with the gift of prophecy. The fact that her supernatural ability was from Satan and not God did not cause Paul to conclude that all prophetic gifts were of the devil. In Matthew 7, 23-23, Jesus foretold that many would claim to know him because they performed miracles in his name. The fact that they were imposters did not imply that everyone who performed miracles was fake. So, the continuationists, to kind of conclude here, on two things. One on the gift of tongues. I think that's one that's really highly highly debated uh, in Christian circles. The continue, Some continuationists would say there's possibly two kinds of tongues. One is the tongues that were at Pentecost, which was for different people that were hearing the same thing. So these different people that spoke different languages, they were hearing Peter as he shared the gospel. And they were like, I know you don't speak my language. How do you know what I'm saying? So there's this special tongue that was happening at Pentecost as the Holy Spirit was coming that they were able to understand each other. Then there's a second kind of tongue. In 1 Corinthians 14, a person, a personal tongue meant for worshiping God. So this isn't, uh, and, and this seems to be what Paul is alluding to in 1 Corinthians 14, because he talks about, hey, you need someone that can interpret this tongue for you. Because if people walk in and hear you speaking in this kind of language that nobody understands, they're going to think an unbeliever walks in that doesn't believe in Jesus or doesn't know anything about the church. They're going to say, what is going on here? So Paul was saying, seems to be there could be this other tongue that is taking place. There's other gifts of tongue that is really meant for worshiping God with a from person to God. And so we have some examples of this in Acts 10, 45 through 46 with Cornelius and Acts 19, 6 through 7 with the 12 men in Ephesus. So um, in 1 Corinthians 14, 29, Paul tells believers to use the gift of tongues in an orderly way and where there is no interpreter that they should not use those tongues. So the continuationists, some would say, maybe there's two different kinds of tongues here. And so that's why, yes, the one, the tongue that happened at Pentecost authenticated the gospel for sure. The gift of tongue that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 12 is a different, and 14 is a different tongue than was at, what was at Pentecost. So lastly, to, to kind of close up here for the continuationist view is they would say that the uh, cessationists, those who believe the miracle gifts have ceased, they would say that they have an argument from silence. And that argument from silence is that just because Paul does not mention the miracle gifts, in Romans 12 and Ephesians 4, does not mean that they have stopped. 
So silence does not necessarily mean that they have stopped. Uh, I want to read you a little bit longer past the scripture, and then I want to close here. And it's 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 13. It says, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. If I give away all I have, if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. And as for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, and then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now, faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Paul says that right after talking about all of the gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 and the miracle gifts. I think ultimately what Paul is saying is that, you know what's most important is, is that you walk with each other in love, that you're willing to sacrifice at times your own wants and sometimes your own needs to build up the body. And as uh, you listen to this and you battle through and you wrestle through, what do I believe? I think that this uh, this debate on, on the spiritual gifts and the miracle gifts, I do not believe that it is something that should, should divide us as Christians. It might be something that we ultimately don't come to the exact same view as other people. I would say that I grew up with the view that the miracle gifts have ceased. And I would say that's someone ingrained in me and I can see where that is in scripture. And I can also see that because there is no explicit verse that says they aren't, have not ceased, I, I wrestle with that too. I wrestle with it myself uh, to, see, to see where things are. And we go to scripture for the ultimate truth. And so I hope today that just seeing both views has encouraged you and challenged you as, as you think through. Thanks for listening.